Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light on our path. And the entrance of His words give light and imparts understanding to the simple. Today's topic is Thanksgiving musings. If you're not familiar with the word musings, it means to think thoughtfully about something. In fact, sort of like to reflect on something thoughtfully. Well, today has been Thanksgiving Day in America, and that's the time where we remember the providence of God that brought the separatist pilgrims over to the land in, I believe it was 1620. Now, they're not the first people from England who landed on the shores of America. There had been a group that came to what would later be called Jamestown, Virginia, in 1607, but that was sort of a commercial enterprise. Uh, they came over for some company out of London, and they agreed that if they came over, that they would then work for that company for so many years uh, before they would be free of their debt. Uh, but the pilgrims who came in 1620, they were a different group. Uh, they were coming from what was the Netherlands, where they had gone to take refuge, uh, they took refuge because they wanted to worship God according to their conscience, not according to, to the prescribed prayer book of the Church of England, where if you didn't go by the law regarding religious exercises, you could be penalized for various reasons. So they went to the Netherlands, and they stayed there a while, but they really never really felt at home. And then they learned about the New World, as it was called then, and so Somehow they got into a boat that's called the Mayflower and it sailed from England in September of 1620 uh, to the promised new land. Now, there were 102 passengers aboard the ship. The passengers survived 66 days of treacherous seas. But you know, by the end of the period of their arrival of the shores of the new world and they're beginning to set up here, only 53 of the passengers and crew survived. And then after they found a, an area of land where they could move out to it and begin to sort of set up a dwelling, many of the people just remained on the boat. They didn't want to get off. And as a result, most of those people died. The reason? Because of disease, uh, lack of sunshine, lack of nutrition. And so when they got sick, most of them died. So, though there were 102 passengers who boarded the ship, by the end, they were reduced to only maybe about a, a third of that group uh, that were there for that year. But it was, a, it was a terrible winter. It was very cold. They really didn't have food. They didn't have what they needed. Uh, they didn't know how to plant or do anything there. And they arrived you know, in what we would call winter. So by the result of that, a lot of more of them died. Well, they did meet an Indian group when they first uh, set shore on the land. Uh, it was uh, Abenaki. Uh, they were English-speaking, and they met with them. And several days later, Squanto, who was a member of another tribe called the, the Potec, uh, 
who was a kidnapping survivor of an English sea captain, taught the pilgrims how to cultivate corn, extract sap from maple trees, and catch fish in rivers, and filter poisonous plants from their farm. Squanto's intervention was very fortuitous, or we would say, as Christians, very providential. As many were suffering from malnutrition, and because of his intervention, they survived, and they learned how to plant corn. They learned how to take care of themselves. In addition, Squanto was able to help the pilgrims form an alliance with a more powerful tribe called the uh, Wampongo. The alliance, this alliance was momentous, and it still remains the only historical example of a good alliance between the European colonists and Native Americans. You know, subsequently, most of the alliances were not too good, and there was conflict between the colonists and Native Americans. <clears throat> now, most of this information is coming from history, uh, magazine, or website. But after many months of not much food, etc., the pilgrims were able to harvest their first crops. And now this is the autumn of 1621. They've been here for a year. And Governor William Bradford, the leader of the pilgrims, organized a feast for this momentous event. It was recorded to have taken place in the autumn of 1621. We're not sure if it was October or November. Uh, but during this day, it was recorded that a celebration was held with the pilgrims and with the Wampango tribe. And they shared the autumn harvest and the feast lasted for three days as a pilgrim chronicle named Edward Winslow wrote in his diary. Let me read that to you. He writes, Our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent forth four men on fowling so that we might after a special manner rejoice together after we had gathered the fruits of our labors. They four in one day killed as much fowl as with a little help beside, served the company almost a week, at which time, amongst other recreations, we exercised our arms, uh, that would be their weapons, and many of the Indians coming amongst us, and amongst the rest, their greatest king, Masoet, I'm sure I'm slaughtering these names, with some 90 men whom for three days we entertained and feasted, and they went in and killed five deer, which they brought to the plantation, and bestowed on our governor and upon the captain and others. And although it be not always so plentiful as it was at this time for us, yet by the goodness of God, we are so far from want, that's from lack, that we often wish you partakers of our plenty. This is a letter that he wrote back to his family in England. And so we have a firsthand eyewitness account of the first Thanksgiving among these pilgrims who were a God-fearing people. And this is the account. They feasted for three days. Now, I know this is Thanksgiving Day, but why don't we extend it for three days? Why don't we give thanks to God for three days? I have with me uh, my friend and the person who helps me with recording of my podcast, who's also my pastor. Uh, his name is Jeff Gregory. And so we're going to have a little conversation about Thanksgiving uh, to share with you and with others. Uh, because you know God's Word tells us that we should give thanks. It says, give thanks to the Lord. That is, give thanks to Yahweh, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures 
forever. That's Psalm 136. So, Jeff, let me ask you, what, what is special to you about Thanksgiving? Is anything special to you about Thanksgiving? Yes, I really, really like Thanksgiving holidays. It's because of the story behind it, of the pilgrims that you've just related to us. So it's a very precious uh, link to the past of the founding of our country and uh, something that uh, I wish all students today could know about. When I was a teacher uh, at the community college and even in elementary school, I would uh, relate this story to my students so that they would know about it uh, because it focuses uh, our attention on the source of our blessings, which is God himself. Mm. Um, so Amen. as a nation, there's only two nations, as I understand it, in the world that have a national Thanksgiving Day, our nation and Canada, in which we acknowledge uh, the Almighty God as the source of our blessings. Amen. So may we uh, wish our country would continue to do this and not lose this, this great heritage that we have. Now, this was in 1600, but you know, our country really didn't come into existence until nearly 200 years later. And George Washington is one who proclaimed a thanksgiving among the colonies who are becoming the nation we now call the United States of America. And then it was another uh, 100 years, I guess, uh, before Abraham Lincoln came on the scene, and he made it uh, basically a national holiday. And then it was never fixed as a particular day until Franklin Roosevelt was president. And it's funny because uh, the people had been traditionally celebrating it on the fourth uh, Thursday of November. Uh, but that particular year, President Roosevelt decided he was going to move it uh, a year, a, a week ahead to the third, so that people have more time for shopping. You see, they already begin to, to encrouch on Thanksgiving and make it like a prelude uh, to Christmas and the commercial things were coming in that it's destroyed so much of America's uh, holidays. Rather than being what they're meant to be, they become times for great sales and people buying and consuming rather than really stopping to thank God or to worship God because of his great blessing in sending the Lord Jesus Christ to us. So the president made that mistake that year, but there was such an uproar that the next year it became a law of the land that the fourth Thursday of November would be set aside as a national Thanksgiving day. And, you know, we have this little custom where the president pardons a couple of turkeys. And that came in when uh, George uh, Bush, the first George Bush, was the president. He was the first president to pardon two turkeys and set a new uh, pattern of this Thanksgiving time. Well, what would you like to give particular thanks to God for today? Well, <clears throat> I'm so thankful just to know the true and living God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who sent his son to save his people from their sins. I could have lived my whole life in spiritual ignorance, mm. darkness, and sins, but God had mercy upon me Amen. and revealed himself to me through the gospel, the gospel of his son. So, you know, I'm, uh, I'm up in age now, but... My whole adult life, I've had the great joy and privilege of serving the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So uh, it's it's been a great journey. Thank God. Amen. And you know, all of us many times give thanks to God for the special material blessings that God blesses us with, with food and house and et cetera, and family, your friends. It can be both time of rejoicing with such and also sometimes, tragically, a time of conflict. Uh, but but it's always something, you know, God gives us relationships and Thanksgiving is a time when often those relationships are replenished. When we stop and we say thanks and we enjoy being together. And we had a, a couple of friends over today. We're grateful to, for that, to being able to share a meal with them, uh, just being able to be together and the presence of God. And we should always remember, you know, that Thanksgiving is about God's providence and bringing to pass the formation of this country. This country is not perfect. There's no country that will ever be perfect. But he does have a foundation, a Judeo-Christian foundation, uh, and we should return to that as best we can. We should certainly return to it in our practical, personal lives and in the worship of the churches. We should remember that God is the one who blesses us with a good nation and with the freedoms that we have. And we must be ever vigilant or they will be removed from us. Let's share with you today uh, a hymn. Uh, I asked uh, Jeff for his favorite hymn that reminds him of Thanksgiving. Now, remember these hymns are not necessarily written for a particular Thanksgiving day. And the pilgrims may not have known this hymn. They probably did not. Some of them might have, though, because it was written, I believe, in the 1600s. Uh, so Jeff is going to share his favorite Thanksgiving hymn. Yes, uh, Brother Wayne. It's called, uh, Now Thank We All Our God with Heart, Heart and soul, Hands and, and voices, voices, Who Wondrous Things Has Done and Whom His World Rejoices. Amen. 161. Uh, who from our mother's arms has blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. That's the first stanza. Amen. Oh, may this bounteous God through all our life be near us with ever joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us and keep us in his grace and guide us when perplexed and free us from all ills in this world and the next. Amen. In the last stanza, all praise and thanks to God. The Father now be given. The Son and Him who reigns with them in highest heaven. The one eternal God whom earth and heaven adore. For thus it was, is now, and shall be evermore. Amen. Written by uh, Martin Reinhardt, who lived from 1586 to 1649. And this hymn was written by him uh, after he had survived, I believe, the plague in Europe. It was written out of a great misfortune. He is giving thanks to God. Uh, you know, for this day, we were not able to actually do this at our table today because, unfortunately, last night where we live, uh, the electricity went out. And it was out for 14 hours. That sure messed up the cooking. Uh, some things had to be done differently. Uh, it was cold in the house, etc. cetera. Uh, but, you know, it, it did come back. I don't thank God. And I, I remember that on my trips to India, 
you know, how the electricity would be rolling from time to time. And most of the time in America, you know, electricity is steady. And I, every time this happens, in a winter usually, uh, I'm just reminded what a blessing it is. And so much of what we do is dependent on electricity. Uh, we give thanks to God for it, but when it goes out, it really creates a hardship. And it can be cold in houses that depend only on electricity and difficult to cook. But God brought us through that today, a little personal on the side. But I prepared a litany based on a hymn uh, from that same time period. And it was a hymn that the pilgrims would have known and probably sang. It's called, We Praise You, O God, Our Redeemer, Creator. And it's uh, based on a, a Dutch a tune. But it woven into it is a phrases from Psalm 65. And so uh, Jeff and I, are going to engage in this litany of praise together. And perhaps uh, you can listen, and uh, maybe you can even uh, join in the praises with us. So, uh, praise is due to you, O God in Zion, and to you shall vows be performed. We praise you, O God, our Redeemer, Creator, in grateful devotion, our tribute we bring. Happy are those whom you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, your holy temple. We lay it before you. We kneel and adore you. We bless your holy name. Glad praises we sing. By awesome deeds you answer us with deliverance, O God of our salvation. You are the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the Father's seas. We worship you, God of our fathers and mothers. Through life's storms and tempests, our guide you have been. You silence the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, the tumult of the peoples. Those who live in earth's furthest bounds are awed by your signs. When perils overtake us, you never forsake us. And with your help, O Lord, our battles we win. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide the people with grain, for so you have prepared it. With voices united, our praises we offer, our songs of thanksgiving to you we now raise. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with richness. Your strong arm will guide us. Our God is beside us. To you, our great Redeemer, forever be praise. At Psalms 65, some of its verses with this hymn, We worship you, O God, our Redeemer, Creator. Well, the pilgrims were a deeply religious people. And they were part of the separatist movement. And undoubtedly, they prayed to the 1621 Harvest Feast. Their prayers, however, were spontaneous, and they didn't have a recording device back then. Exact words of what they prayed or any one of them prayed are not known, but a typical prayer might be as what follows. And this is found in George Webb, Short Directions for the Daily Exercise of the Christian uh, publication from London in 1625. It's courtesy of the Plymouth Plantation, which is, you know, a historical site where they had landed. So this is the prayer. O Lord, our God and Heavenly Father, which of thy unspeakable mercy towards us has provided meat and drink for the nourishment of our weak bodies 
Grant us peace to use them reverently as from thy hands with thankful hearts. Let thy goodness bless upon these, thy good creatures, to our comfort and sustenation. And grant, we humbly beseech thee, good Lord, that as we do hunger and thirst for this food of our bodies, so our souls may earnestly long after the food of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. That's certainly a worthy prayer that we could pray to Almighty God. Well, this has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights and with Jeff Gregory. By the way, Jeff sometimes translates some of my podcasts into Spanish, and we put them up uh, on a site and sometimes on this particular site. So have a chance, listen to them. If you'd like to contact us, you can write us at 8441 Honeycutt Road, Dallas, Texas, 75228. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can also visit our website, which is www.gsccdallas.org. Again, Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights. May the blessings of Almighty God rest upon you.